freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. All right, last hour for us here, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com. It's been a a busy morning already, and uh, I still haven't gotten to Brock's fishing thoughts, which will come up here at 9.30 this morning, Brock. I want your uh, your non-tub time mm-hmm. fishing thoughts Good. at 9.30 before uh, we finish off the day with some ranking. Um, I was going through some of that Jerry DePoto sound earlier, right, and kind of what he meant and talking about competition and, you know, sort of the regression from last year. And, and you know, one thing that I, I think people here and don't hear all that well was asking Jerry, Hey, could this have been foreseen? How much of this was predictable? Don't know how. And I've said this before on the airwaves, I I take full responsibility for putting this roster together. This is the same team, the same core of a team that, that, that did the things that it did a year ago and frankly played a pretty good season in 2021. And, you know, our pitching has generally stood up to to expectations and, and then some, it's a, could we talk about park factors and weather in the early season? Sure. It's, it's now the third week in June, and we're still doing the same thing and, and making the same mistakes. And at some point, we have to, we have to collectively get back on track. And, and I don't think it's going to be one player at a time. I really don't. I think this is going to be one of those things that is contagious. And it looked over the weekend, by the way, or Thursday, Friday, like it might have mm-hmm. been like, oh, my God, they've all caught fire at once. They're going to go in a tear. And then uh, they decided to throw it back yeah. in reverse and just end all that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know many- how it could have been yeah. foreseeable. Well, it's a tough that. one, I think, for a lot of people, Brock, sure. who said, well, I foresaw this. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen this yeah. offseason. And by the way, I didn't. I didn't see this. But a lot of people did. I had a lot mm-hmm. of arguments with them. And mm-hmm. they're hearing Jerry DePoto say, I don't know how this would have been foreseeable. And they can't believe what they're hearing. Right. No, I think that is difficult. Before I, I chew on that, I, I think there were a lot of us wondering, gosh, can uh, Saul get a colonoscopy every week oh because gosh. it seemed like i mean it just seemed like that really sparked the team think so yeah i mean there's a direct correlation between you know you getting that done friday and this offense exploding yeah. friday nights you know or whatever it was thursday friday it seems like uh, something that you don't want to get that often it's more of like yeah. every few years type of a thing so good for you though i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you made that transparent and visible to all and and, and, and seriously like in a really well, good i will way. keep saying this brock the yep. pills are the way to go do not get fooled into that drink. You did the drink when you did it, right? The drink's done, man. Don't do the drink. They got pills. They're called uh, U-tabs or something like that. I forget exactly uh-huh. what they're called. Yeah. And and you just take 12 pills. You use the bathroom nonstop <laughs> for a few hours. <laughs> yes. And then the next morning you take 12 more pills. That's it. <laughs> there's no. You don't have to drink any of that stuff. Yes. And it doesn't, you know, there's no bad taste, no none of it. I wasn't miserable. And then it worked great, and I went and did the colonoscopy. And, you know, the fact that they took out six polyps, like, man, I don't know if they're precancerous or not yet, but no reason to leave those things hanging around in your system because if it does turn into cancer and you're too late – Colon cancer is nasty, man. You don't want any part of that. Bad deal. Yeah. Bad deal. For sure. So, so can I spin this back? Can yes. we? Can, can are there pills to take so you could foresee the future? <laughs> I wish. So, you know, for for a general manager and a front office to try to figure it out. And you're right. The Joe fans, the Steve Currens, many you know of 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 our audience said this isn't good enough, man. 
I'm sorry, Tommy LaStella, your whole DH situation going into it, not good enough. The projections looked at kind of left field and DH and said, yep, maybe a low 80s win team because you still haven't really filled that void. And and then obviously the personnel decisions with an A.J. Pollock. It, I mean, how much longer can he be on this roster, Saul? Uh, I, Brock, I think you, there you are, said last week you can't watch him. Uh, A.J. Pollock's a tough one for me. He, he Yeah, he's in the Abraham Toro for you category last right. year. I, I'm struggling. And he gets another at bat. What, he's not the person the on this inning? team who I think is the biggest waste of a roster spot, though. Really? Yes. There is a bigger waste of a roster spot on this team right now, and it's Chris Flexen. I cannot mm-hmm. fathom what Chris Flexen is doing on this team. Mm-hmm. He he can't pitch. He's he's only being used in extreme mop-up duty, and it mm-hmm. doesn't appear as if he has any chance of a high-leverage spot. And when they've needed other pitchers, they've gone with other guys to start. So unless unless I'm missing and, – and here's here's what I guess I would have to assume is the reason he's still here, that when Brian Wu runs out of innings, yeah. he's the guy that's going to have to fill those innings. But based on what we've seen, I'd rather have Tommy Malone. I'd rather have random dude off the street. Yeah. I mean, he just uh, – he's he's yeah. been terrible. Yep. And Dylan Moore's had a hard time getting it going. I think his first hit finally was a home run, but he's having a hard time. All right, time but he's just getting back. Like, that's not the waste of a roster spot. And Colton he can Wong. play three, four different positions. Colton finally Wong. hit a home run. Yes, he crushed that ball. Yankee Stadium yes, yes, perfect, perfect spot for him. Yes, he did. Those guys are not great. Uh, don't get me wrong. But Flexen and Pollock, to me right now, feel like just yep. waste of a roster spot. Yep. So could he have foreseen it? Should he have foreseen it? Well, so so that's the question. So first of all, yes, because other people did. So I, I think like at that point, you just have to say yes to that. But Jer- what Jerry is saying here, I think, is, well, I didn't foresee these guys that I have getting worse to this extent. Mm-hmm. And while I do think that's somewhat fair, because I sure didn't see those guys getting this much worse this quickly, I, it does sort of beg the question, all right, so what could you have done differently in addition to adding more? Which, okay, let's say they should have done that. Should they have traded Eugenio Suarez in the offseason? At a high? I mean, you could make a strong argument that they should have, mm-hmm. right? That that would have been the Tampa Bay. That's what the Rays would have done. Mm-hmm. They would have traded Suarez and Ty France in this offseason and brought in two new guys to play your corner infield spots. So off of a 20-year playoff right. route. Yep. Right after all, in, in your good vibes guy at the center, one of the conductors of good vibes and one of those veteran voices that, you know, if, if you, we're talking about veteran leadership and protecting Julio and everything else, a, a veteran voice over at the corner who resurrected himself defensively under your tutelage and leadership became a difference making third baseman defensively, mm-hmm. something that he was not. And if anything was, you know, a, a real struggle bus in his previous stop, you, you're going to you make that move. I mean, they couldn't have done that, but in retrospect, should they have? Can you imagine the reaction in town if Jerry DePoto had traded Eugenio Suarez and or Ty France this offseason? Right. It would have been insanity. It would, I mean, it would have been crucified for it, but in, it would have probably been the right thing to do. They got what they needed out of it. Absolutely. That's the the Tampa Bay. That is just the cold-blooded, like, we can't take in the emotion Right, manage like a fan, you'll be a fan. General manage like a fan emotionally, you'll be a fan. Like you can't, you can't make those decisions based on the emotion of of a fan base, right? Right, you can't let that dictate. Right? To, to a point, the thing is, and I think this is is where things maybe are a little differently than than being a Belichick or whatever is like. What would that have said to the locker room as well? 
right? What's the clubhouse reaction when you mm-hmm. trade Eugenio Suarez in the offseason? I mean, you know, for, for I think that would have been received so poorly that I don't know how you could have possibly spun that. Yeah. I mean, Brock, people freaked out when they traded random reliever uh, a few years ago. What's his name? Uh, uh, oh, Kendall yeah. Graveman. Yeah. Right? I mean, gra- like... It was a grave day. It, <laughs> when they traded Kendall yeah. Graveman, people grave, freaked man. out. Can you imagine yeah. if they had traded Eugenio Suarez coming off of the season he just had? Right. I mean, it would have been mutiny. So I don't know. I, I I'm not criticizing Jerry for not doing that. I understand why they wouldn't make a move. But most like of that. those pundits and most of those other voices said you just did not do enough. You were counting too much, as we talked about last hour. On well, I don't know about most. I mean, Jeff Passan and John Morosi and the fo- the pundits that we have here on the station didn't say that. No, they liked the process and the plan. And Morosi thought they, they, they were going to the World Series and going to win the division. I mean, like I, I, that's not that. Let's not revise history. The, the pundits, I think, for the most part, thought the Mariners did do enough. I'm just talking about your Zips projections. Guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, name? Dan Simborski didn't. There we go. That's Dan right. Did Dan not. Simborski did not think they had done <laughs> yes. enough. I'll tell you what, though. Dan Simborski sure as heck didn't see Julio having this kind of regression this year. Yeah. Right? I mean, you go back to his computer projections, and they all said that Julio is, is going to be an all-timer. So, Seven eight war, right? Are you talking Zimborski? Yeah, I think we. I think it was the opposite. I think he said he was going to hit like twenty six home runs this year. Oh, this year? Oh. Yeah, I remember oh. when we had him on. We were like, "Wait, how will you possibly have this much regression?" Oh, interesting. Because remember his his minor league stuff for Julio was like, "This is a guy who, in every way, has the trajectory of the all time greats." Yeah. So I'm interesting. Double check. Yeah, you may be right about that. Maybe he did. Hey, he's a genius, man. I'm sure his his AI computer foresaw all of this. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's sort of the unfortunate reality of this situation. The other side of it is you're four and a half back. Yep. And if these if these guys start to hit back to the level of their baseball card and they do all catch fire all at once, like Jerry suggested there, you're probably going to be just fine. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a strange season, man. Baseball can be such a cruel game to play, to cover. I just watched it as yep. a fan in Omaha as well, even with 13 new kids. It is the dumbest yeah. and best sport. There's no doubt about it. All, All right, months. coming up next, we'll uh, go everything you need to know and then some Brock, some Brock's fishing thoughts at 930. You have to stick around for that. It's Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. You know, it's so funny. The Mariners ended up outscoring both the Yankees and the Orioles this weekend. They were the highing, you know, higher scoring team in both series and gave up fewer runs. And yet, they lost both of those series. Why? Because of the timing and because of the issues they have had all season long, Brock, with winning close games. And it's so the opposite of what we've seen for the last couple of years, right? Where they've been tremendous in those spots, but they're not doing the things that they did. They're not pressurizing opponents. They're not coming up with the right hits at the right times. They're they're They just seem to be off. And I don't know whether all of a sudden something knocks them back into balance or if this is just the way this season is going to go. And, and Madden, maddeningly so, just as you think they're taking those steps, right? And I'm not talking about clobbering all the runs to end the Yankee series or begin the Baltimore series. I'm talking about like Mike Ford just coming through in the clutch, doing something nobody did against that monster of a closer there in Baltimore and going yard to tie that game up on the final strike of the final out in the ninth inning. You thought, okay, here it is, right? Like how many times has that tent pole been in the ground? Okay, here it is. Okay, here it is. I know it's there. 
I know we're going to plan our tent. I know we're going to get this done. I know we're going to beat some of these winning teams. I know we're going to deliver when it matters because that's been, as you said, the right. DNA in two ninety win seasons. So was this going to be the thing that you know gets this team going? The stretch by Bautista. The pitch on the way to Ford Swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Going and going and we are tied on the Utah Street. Holy smokes, what a shot by Mike Ford. A home run off of Felix Bautista. Yeah, it sure felt like maybe that was going to be the thing. And instead, they do nothing in the next inning and <laughs> give nothing the, yesterday. Right. And just lose both games by a run apiece. Just tough to handle. Here's the second thing you need to know. They will get back to it tonight. Uh, Nationals are in town. Luis Castillo will be on the hill. Uh, We are, what, two weeks away from the Home Run Derby, two weeks from tonight, and Julio Rodriguez is going to participate. Being at home and for the Mariners fans, it was a no-brainer for me. I feel like this this probably will never happen again in my career, so... I'll be able to do that for them I, uh, at the home field. It definitely, it definitely will be uh, something that I, I'm looking forward to. I'm going to take my usual sort of negative Nelly, worrisome sort of uh, concern and just drop it for this. They yep. need Julio to do this. The city yep. needs Julio to do this. Mariners fans need Julio to do this. This all-star game is shaping up to be a bit of an issue, man. I mean, like, I, I'm really excited for it to be here. Can't wait. There were supposed to be, you know, some Mariners that were involved, and certainly Julio. My mom's going to be in town. I just emailed her and said, hey, do you want to come to the game? Do you want to go to the All-Star game? She's like, well, Julio's not going to be there, so probably not. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Okay, well, jeez. Uh, All right. I thought that that might be a cool, unique experience. She's like, no, no, Julio, no thanks. So. Home run derby, though? She's going to be the Jane, home run derby. She doesn't Jane, get you want to go to? She doesn't well, get here until we... Tuesday. Ah, yeah. I know. Yeah, thankfully, it'll be George Kirby, right? Another quality start yesterday. He's going to be an all-star. George has to be I an all-star. I would assume, who, but who else? I mean, everybody gets one. Yeah, that's probably about it right now. I, I mean, unless you want to say Paul Seawall. I mean, look, there's any number of starters or, or relievers who could be there. Seawall could be there. George could be there. Castillo could be there. Yep. But if it were to, you know, if it were me right now, I would say it's probably George Kirby, and that's it. That's a... Not the way this thing was supposed to go. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, we should see a Rookie of the Year award uh, coming back here to Seattle. Calder Trophy will be given out tonight, and Matty Beneers is the favorite for that. Dave Haxtall also up for Coach of the Year, and he talked about his young center. It was pretty eye-opening for everybody, you know, that he came in um, and, you know, just seamlessly made the transition, you know, to, to, you know, to the NHL. Now, to a man, we all said, well, now you got to come back and do it when it matters. And Maddie was able to do that. I mean, what a, what a season he had. He's he's an impressive young man. Just He works and improves and picks the areas. One of these guys, he picks the areas of his game that maybe aren't his strengths, and he wants to attack it. He doesn't run from it. I love that. I know that's some of that little bit of coach speak or whatever, or development and, and the whole journey of being an athlete, but just... Raising some aspiring athletes, being around so many young athletes, all that that's that's the trick right there. Don't go just in the gym and work on your, your strength. Go attack your weaknesses. And I think, you know, right there with the teams from a from a general manager standpoint, a, a team organizational standpoint, you gotta do the same. 
You know, don't just lean into our strengths. These are our strengths. No, no, no. Now we got to figure out our weaknesses. And for them and these 10 draft picks they've got and some of the money and free agency, they've got to figure out how to protect him a little bit, mm. right? How to get some more of that abrasion that we talked about during the for season. Sure. Well, and uh, I think that'll be a focal got some point chances for the organization. To do it, man. You got the draft on Wednesday and Thursday, and then free agency starts right after that on July 1st. So uh, opportunities here for uh, Ron Francis and his crew to really improve this team. That is everything you need to know. We do that quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk show. I got a uh, text here saying, Salk, email your mom. Why don't you text her? Jeez, maybe call her. Poor Mrs. Salk. All right. Normally I do. My mom is, uh, they're traveling right now. They're in Europe. Oh. They've gone to, Brock, they've gone to Scandinavia. Were they at the London series over the weekend? No, no. They went, to, they went, to, they went to Copenhagen Whoa. and Oslo. Whoa. Will you Whoa. ask them about the Scandinavian sleeping system? <laughs> yes, you know what? I will. I'll email them and ask them about the <laughs> Scandinavian sleeping system. What is that? It's something that I got roasted for. It's basically two two well, duvets. You well, never actually admitted it was you. G said he had a friend. <laughs> yeah. so you just you guys, you never admitted it was clear. you until just you guys, now. I made it very clear it was me. Well, I'm not tiptoeing it around. I like the Scandinavian sleep system, and it's not crazy. It's just that you and Betsy do so many things separate already when right. you announce that you also have separate beds. It's terrific. It's not separate beds. <laughs> It's kind fantastic. It's <laughs> one bed made I, up for wanna, two separate people. I want to know how the parents feel about it. Uh, well, I will I will ask them. My poor father, right, because it's mostly fish that people eat over there. He had to bring, like, peanut butter crackers with him because he wasn't going to be able to eat any of the food <laughs> anywhere he went. So, yeah, well, uh, I'll see if I can get a, an update for you on how uh, Larry and Jane are doing. In Speaking of sleeping Norway. systems, yeah. I, got, I got some sleep tales for you. I oh, roomed. Yeah. I bunked with Wyman. Yeah, I got to hear more. Brock uh, was away last week fishing up north in Canada, and uh, he uh, did not only uh, some deep thinking while he was there, but he's got some stories to share as well. Stick around. That's next. I'm Brock and Salk. Seattle Sports on 710, salesports.com. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, we got ranked coming up in 15. Brock is back, in case you haven't noticed, after a week fishing up in northern Canada. Weather up there, is, is it cold this time of year even? Like, Does it get hot? Oh, man, it was beautiful where we were, up in Haida Gwaii. Haida Gwaii. Uh, yeah, Queen Charlotte Islands, and drove to Seattle, met Wyman at his house. Great house, his great dog, cats. Do you know Wyman's got two cats? Yeah. That's surprising a little He's bit. He's a cat guy. Yeah, he's a cat guy and a dog guy. Hoover, right? Yep, Hoover, 13. Well, I think from what he told me when I work with him, his, his wife's, uh, she likes the cats and he just tolerates them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he says that, yes. I, I absolutely <laughs> believe that that's what he says. I think, honestly, of uh, of all the dog names of any, I think Hoover might be the best name for a dog I've ever heard. I really love good. it. I think it's such a funny name for a dog. Do you know where it came from? I assume a vacuum cleaner. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Because there's a puppy. They try to like train him like, no, don't eat everything yeah. on the floor. And he just, he was a vacuum. <laughs> and actually, uh, Kendall's daughter names all of their pets. And yeah, totally nailed that one. Yep. It's quite and then we, yep. And then we uh, drove up to Vancouver, took a plane with Nils and Ron and Sue and Ed and a whole bunch of the crew, okay. um, Dennis, and, and ended up, uh, you fly to this little town and then uh, Masset is the name of the little town with an airstrip. Uh, and then you take a helicopter right into the lodge, Peregrine Lodge, which was just stunning and beautiful. You've been on a helicopter before? No, absolutely Mora, Justin? not. I have no interest in <laughs> it either. I did I it, it once in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
I legitimately wanted nope. to go be a helicopter pilot when I thought I was done with radio. That was what I was going to Every do. pilot I know says, whatever you do, don't get in a helicopter. <laughs> Talk to my buddy who flew Harriers in the military. Like, hey, man, what, don't get in a helicopter, whatever you do. Wow. Yep. Well, okay. No, thank you. Absolutely not. All right. Bummer pill. Moving on, Brock. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I've done it a few times. I did it. Uh, Jim Ursay had a really nice helicopter, super, super fancy helicopter, by the way. And I got to be on that when I signed there. And so uh, I've done this a couple different times to these lodges. Absolutely stunningly beautiful. Was the weather nice? Uh, when the weather's bad in the Northwest Seattle area, that means it's usually pretty good up there. And it was sunny and warm yeah. and uh, absolutely fantastic. So had a blast with Dave. Um, I will just say this personally. Just one little personal uh, piece of yes. uh, anecdote I'll give you. Dave is a violent snorer. Really? Yeah. Like, I've been around, like, I think Howdy snored. Remember when Howdy and I oh, did yeah. our road trip and, and he ate in bed? Like he, <laughs> Disgusting. He, which was <laughs> like an animal. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, like, pizza the, in your hotel bed. He, like, Ugh. put the bath towel down, too. Like, he's... Yeah, he was he was he was devouring it. Disgusting. Um, yeah, Dave Dave did not do that. Uh, and Dave Partuk had a great time. So I was asleep well before he came in. But then when he came in, it was often you know just kind of wake me up. And um, I'm not the I'm not a an angelic sleeper. I get it. I'm kind of a mouth breather. But I I try to in those situations make sure like I'm on my stomach and you know try not to be loud. Violent, like, it, not surprising. What do you mean by I mean, violent? Like, can you imitate what it sounded like? Just you know, there's. I mean, I hear violent snore, and I, I have to understand what that means. I, that's not like a term I've heard before. Well, so you know, take me inside. Like, what does I mean, that, Wyman's what does that an sound like? Wyman's an aggressive guy, right? Like, you look at Wyman; he's, he's, he attacks things, and not a surprise that he attacks. Like, he fights. You could tell, like, he's fighting his snores. <laughs> <laughs> like, just. <laughs> You know, there's like really loud. I've been around there's right. real loud snores. He's not like a he's just a like just fighting it. Like, gosh. Huh. But what was amazing was if I made any noise, like Dave, he would like shake out of it. Oh, and okay. I could fall back asleep. So I still got good sleep, but that was probably the the only wow. real personal anecdote. All right. Well that's uh, uh thank you for that uh deep dive. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> Something I definitely so, uh, needed to know. Why am I to get a sleep apnea test now? Yes, he does. Yeah. He he needs a sleep. He absolutely needs a sleep apnea. Oh, I'm test. smelling an endorsement opportunity right there. <laughs> yep. All right, there you go. Uh, you said you had some uh, fishing thoughts. I did. And, since there was no real bath for you up there, nope. what uh, what kind of things well, did you find yourself thinking one, about? One of them we did hit on last hour, and that was Julio. And I, I thought a lot about him up there, and you know, obviously paid attention to the games at night, and would watch and catch up on the highlights and those things, and. And it just, you know, was a reminder that success for young people is so hard to handle today. Watching him, I can't help but honestly sympathize with all the individual Salk and the teams that we have watched try to handle that prosperity today. And why? Why is it seemingly so much harder for those athletes? I went back and looked at Griffey. Did Griffey have a sophomore slump? Mm Mm-mm. I went back and looked at Felix. Did Felix have a sophomore slump? Mm Mm-mm. But those were 30 years ago, right? I mean, that was the early 90s for 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 Ken and for Felix. That was the early 2000s, mid 2000s, and it's different today. And I'm and I've tried to, I mean, and, but and I, I think th- you understand what some of those obvious factors. It's because may be, you right? cannot unplug. I would put that near the top of the list. You just you, the the level, and even if you do, 
even if you don't have a phone, even if you don't have social media, even if you don't have any of that, your family, your friends, your agents, your marketers, everybody around you does. They do. And and they'll try to like, hey, you know, I, I'm not really into I don't really. They know what's going on. They hear all of that noise. The mm-hmm. noise is louder than it's ever been. I don't before. think that's the only reason, though. I, like, first of all, yes, obviously that is a big part of it. Of course, social media, twenty-four hour news coverage, right? Just yes, everything you just said is true. But I'm not convinced that's the only reason. I, I mean, I think one of the things about, and maybe less so with Felix and that, you know, twenty years ago, but certainly thirty and more years ago, I don't think everybody worked as hard. I mean, not saying that there weren't individuals who worked as hard. I'm sure some of them did. But I don't know that that everybody was, you know, giving constant effort the way they are now. I mean, how many stories, Brock, have now gone by the wayside that we used to hear, certainly in baseball, but I think in other sports as well? Oh, this guy would get drunk every night and he'd come in hungover and they do this on the t- – you know, like that, that was the norm, Right. It was very much normal for those things to be true for a baseball team and not just in baseball, but in plenty of other sports. Now, can't go out. You can't, you got nobody phones does everywhere. That. Got pictures everywhere. Yes, I mean, that element everywhere. of it too. But also, yep. everybody else is working hard. So if you are making it harder on yourself, you're not going to last. You're not going to make it. Yeah. And, I, and working hard as, as well is not just the players you're competing against. Yeah. <laughs> In baseball, especially, it is the data that attacks you. Absolutely. Right. right? So put it, it all is. of those things yep. together. And it's like, I'm not saying that, that there weren't players before that worked hard or that that is the only factor now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just I think the, the, the difference in the level of competition when everybody else around you it used to just be natural talent that would take you through. And now that's not enough. You've got to do more than just have natural talent because everybody else is working so hard around you. I hit on this a little bit in Blue 88. So there's the prosperity, and it leads into kind of the other thought. And and, and I hadn't thought about this till kind of had time away. And, and certainly many of the, the fishermen and women up there were, were sports fans and listeners of this show and the station. And so we talked a bunch of Seahawks and everything else and some Husky fans and some lifers. And, you know, Gino and Penix really are on a pretty similar tra- trajectory. And, and watching those two have to handle expectations this season that they had never really fully been under will be fascinating. Penix had a breakthrough at Indiana, elevated the program, right? Won games, beat in the same year Penn State and Michigan, something that had never been done, and then came back the next year and fell, like the whole program did, a bit flat. But even that following season, he wasn't a favorite for the Heisman, as he is now. He wasn't a, pre- a predicted and projected first or second round pick, as he is now. He didn't. He didn't get significant, if if close to seven figures of money, which I've heard thrown around. Then, as he does now, just the level of expectations that are going to be on him and a bar sulk that he set so incredibly high last year with unbelievable production, unbelievable jaw dropping throws. The one down in Eugene, in particular that I got to be witness mm-hmm. to and watch in person. And right down the road on 405 is Geno Smith, who's going to be handling the same level of expectations, not in a quarterback competition. Millions and millions in the bank, more expected of him. And now it's not just a pleasant surprise and a nice story. Now can you build upon if, what you did a year ago? If you had to guess. Which who, one will have a better year? Yeah, who handles it better this year? Both, I mean, you're, I'm with you that both have sort of gone up and down the same similar I think Gino, I think Gino handles it better. I think Gino's got 
a little more resources around him. He's got a lot of offensive firepower around him. Now Penix does too. He's got two elite in Jalen and Rome, two elite receivers, an elite left tackle, right tackle. It's an All-American candidate. He's got people there, but he's got just a brutal schedule. I mean, he's got SC and Utah and Oregon and at Oregon State and and even Boise State and at Michigan State. I mean, he has got such a more difficult schedule where last year it was as soft as it could be. This year is as demanding and difficult as you could put forward. So if I had to bet, and in the division that Geno's going to have with the Rams that are rebuilding, Cardinals that are disaster, San Francisco that's lost pieces and unknowns at quarterback still, I'd probably lean Geno into into that conversation. Hmm. Uh, last little thought, and this was built not only on the fishing boats there at Old Peregrine Lodge and in, in, in the Queen Charlotte's, but then as I traveled from there to Omaha, and by the way, did I tell you? Um, well, a story for another day, okay. uh, horrible weather. Uh, but, uh, the other thing that stood out to me is pitching has never been better. I mean, we can talk about the regression. You know how many hitters right now, Salk, I just looked at these numbers. Do you know how many guys in baseball rule changes, right? No shift, you know, rule, rule changes, make it a little easier. Try to on hitters. Do you know how many hitters right now in all of baseball are hitting above 300? 35. Justin Mora. Have you guys looked at this lately? I bet it's not even I that. Guess, uh, I'm going to guess at least 17. One to two, I'm going to go 22. Okay, 37, 22. Mora? Oh, boy. Uh, I'll go right at 30. Eight. <laughs> what? Eight. Eight qualified players, yeah. Oh, As we sit here today, eight qualified players. Eight that are hitting above 300 in baseball. Wow. And, <laughs> I mean, it, it's all, I've told you this before. If you came and watched 13U, this team out of Alaska, right? So we're like, oh, the schedule comes out. We play a team from Texas first. Ugh. Then we play a team from Alaska. Well, Texas, we end up beating. Uh, coach, Their coach got ejected yeah. along with two fans. Great I mean, just that crazy. tremendous. Just That's, those are the kind of stories I love. Just crazy sauce. And then we face this team out of Alaska. We're like, well, this is either they're going to be really good or, or maybe not so good. Right? Probably not in the middle. And they were phenomenal. They had two kids, 13, throwing mid-70s. Like with form, you're like, Gosh, that looks like George Kirby. I mean, they're just at 13U. You know, you're seeing mid 70, 75, 77 miles an hour as a 13 year old. There's guys listening right now that when they were in high school, most of their pitching staff didn't throw in the mid to upper 70s. It's just 13 year olds doing it. And then you go watch the World Series. I've said it now four times tonight. Watch this guy, he's not even a kid. Watch this 21-year-old from LSU that's 6'6", 250, throwing 102 miles an hour. The guy they started in game one that had a higher spin rate on his fastball than Bryce Miller and, and who threw 138 pitches and hit 97 in the eighth inning to strike out 17 guys. Pitching has never, ever been better, but injuries have never been right. higher. So, so where is this going? You know, I've I've been thinking. Yeah, I mean, I've wondered about some of that and said, you know, we we had conversations a few years ago. Do they drop the mound a little bit or move it back or something like that? But I think that would probably do even more damage to the arms, right? That's right. I mean, I, and and I do still think that that's something they should be looking at, but I. I, I <laughs> I, I think it would lead to even more problems because guys are going to keep trying harder and harder to try. And, and, to, I, and I appreciate Jules last hour, you know, the caller talking about, gosh, it's just so obvious. They're swinging at these pitches that are off the plate. Right. Jules, if you stood in that box and watched a pitch break 19 inches, right. 
you would lose your marbles. You wouldn't believe what you just saw. The last time you saw that was on a little league, uh, not even a, little, a wiffle ball field, right? These guys are you know, watch Luis Castillo tonight in the amount of movement and then the ease with which 96 and 97 comes out. I mean, it just from a, a hitting standpoint is brutally hard from a pitching standpoint. So I just wonder where is this going? If you're seeing 21 year olds throwing 102, 13 year olds throwing upper seventies, are we going to see 110 miles an hour? And are we going to see arms that can actually sustain that and be capable of doing that? I mean, it's going to be fascinating over the next. I, it feels like the last 10 years when Felix was throwing like 95 to right. 97, right? 10, 12 years ago, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, this guy's just uh, is, is unheard of. And, and, and now, now everybody does that. Everybody does that. <laughs> everybody does that. Do you see this reliever for Baltimore? Do you see that? 6'8", 270-pounder? Dude, it's just 103 miles an hour? One after another after another. But you know what? When they make mistakes... You got to punish them. And, you know, of all the things the Mariners have not done well this year, that's the biggest for me is when you do get those cookies, when they do make a mistake, because it still happens, even to those guys, you got to you got to take advantage of it. And that's why their slugging is so far down this year. They haven't taken advantage of the mistakes when they've actually been there. Good stuff, Brock. Love it. Uh, Go away more often. It's great uh, when you come back with uh, with fun observations like those. All right. Well, we'll uh, do some ranked. Oh, well, well. The views and opinions expressed in the following segment are those of Justin Barnes and Mike Salk and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Brock Heward and Maura Dooley. This is Ranked, or at least that's what the aforementioned parties call it. Brought to you every morning by Carter Volkswagen at 945. You don't want to be aforementioned? I liked her. I liked the pregnant pause there. I liked the... And then just drop the hammer. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You know what that was? That was 103 mile an hour. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That's all right. Make a mistake. I'll hit one another park there. Ball. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, Justin, what are we ranking today? Six. Why six? <laughs> Sorry. That was so good. He doesn't know. You don't remember <laughs> why? No, I do. Because on this day in history, the first Motel 6. Ah, okay. Motel 6. Yes. I'm of surprised course. that didn't crack your top five. It should be. Yeah. Justin's like, that place is too nice. I won't stay there. Staying at a Motel 6 in Astoria. Get out of here, Tom Bodette. I don't want any part of your hotel. <laughs> All right. Well, sixes ranked. We've got uh, we've got a lot of these. Now, what did we say? Are we willing to go with things that say 60? I think we said no 60s or 16s. Okay, good. So here's like the kick six. On the way. No. Return by Chris Davis. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. That was a pretty cool moment, huh, Brock? As I sit in Birmingham, a War yeah. Eagle town. You know, Alabama's towns are kind of divided, roll tide, and War Eagle, right? I, I did know that, yes. You did know that? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know well, something. Come on, man. Well, well, that, that's right. That's because the, when the Huskies played Fine Alabama, bomb and all we that. spent a whole month yeah. talking to our people. Yeah, we learned a lot about Alabama. Yeah. They have, like, weeks and weeks before that game. <laughs> We got iced tea. Six in the morning, police at my door. Fresh Adidas week across the bathroom. Ice tea's a unique individual, man. Old, old one. Old one. He is, he is unique. Uh, I got a little Wayne, a little, little Wayne for you. 
I like that song, actually. Great I think that might be his best song. Some good bumper music. I it's like on the, the list anyway. I like the Millie too. And there's a lot of little wings. I'm not saying it's his best, but it, it's close. Of course, you got the movie The Sixth Sense, which I've never seen and won't see. Too Is scary. There a reason for that? Yeah, too scary. Too for scary. Me. Okay. I'm not interested in that. It's not, a, it's not like some weird thing that you started hating one actor. No, 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 no. I just Bruce. it's too scary. I don't do scary movies. Okay. But speaking of Sixth Senses, must have been my sixth or even my seventh sense. <laughs> Some people out there are laughing hard right now, and some people have no idea what that is. Super troopers. You want a little sixpence, none the richer? Moore does not. I saw a very definitive no shake of the head. Is anyone just waiting to hear this song again? Teenage rom-coms? Yes. I mean, it reminds me of She's All That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, J-Lo, her album on the six, right? mm. the six train. You got Big Hero 6, yep. 6 Minutes to Midnight, Daisy Jones and the 6, yep. 6 Underground, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, the Ryan Reynolds movie. You got uh, McVenom and 6 Arms. Okay. Oh, I don't want that to be confused with 6 Underground by the Sneaker Pimps. Huge song when I was in college. Speaking of the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. It was like 96, 96, 97. I want to. I want to. Yep, there you go. Song. You got the musical Six, which my kids are obsessed with. Sixed car rentals. Mm-hmm. Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Six. Have you ever rented from that car rental? Yes, I have. Awesome. It was really Is nice. it really? All pimped out like yeah. brand new Beamers and I had stuff. An really? I had an Escalade. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. Yes, it's great. <laughs> got Six Stadium. There we go. See, we do like sports, Brock. Yeah. Pick See, six. Brock, and- Seal oh, Team Six. Where were you on that one? Nice. Ooh, wish me number one. First, you got the Philadelphia Sixers. Hmm. Play a little Sixers? six degrees of Sixers. Kevin Bacon. Aren't they the Sixers? They're the 76 Oh, well, but I mean, their nickname yeah, is Sixers. Sixers. Yeah. Brock, you ever watch Blossom as a kid? No. Really? I you watched know? Tate, Mike. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so obviously you don't remember her friend Six. <laughs> no. no. You ever watch Six Feet Under? Nope. Seen Six Days and Seven Nights? Nope. That <laughs> oh, doesn't sound like it. All right. Well, so none of those are really going to work for you. Do you know what my... Remember do you know what, what I said at the beginning of this segment? You, These are you, yours. I, I'm just asking I wish if you knew I, them. I wish I would have taken a picture. Yeah. Do you know that Molly and I, early in our marriage, you know, Molly, a designer, we decided to surprise my parents when they were out of town yeah. and redesigned this room in their house that was just super old, outdated carpet shelves, and in it... My dad had at least, like, in his bookshelves, it was probably tape. 500 VHS tapes of every <laughs> football game he could ever yeah. record. Good. Well, that's my dad. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's what I right. watched, Salt. And my That's dad would give me his Beatles albums and stuff, and I would listen to, him, <laughs> listen to them. Anyway, here's your top five sixes, starting with number five, Three Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia is just my childhood. Really? Junior high? That was I was all three six mafia right. downloaded off Kazan LimeWire, <laughs> LimeWire for sure. Yes. Till that infected your computer with whatever, whatever nasty cooties that have. Didn't matter. All right, number four. It's community, huh? It's building its immunity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Brock's gotta love that. Brock, you like Jacob Dylan and the Wallflowers? Sure. 
Do you know whose son Jacob Dylan is? Bob. There you go. Also he can really Robert. sing in a way that Bob can't. He's really? definitely the better singer. Yeah. Much better voice? I like Jacob Dylan a lot. I like Little mm. Flowers. Uh, all right, that was number four. Number three. You know who this is, Rob? Someone in the 90s. Yes, that's true. Sure Mid-90s right there. Maybe late 90s. That's Eve 6. Wow. We were looking for Eve 6. We were looking for Eve 6. Yes, yes. Eve Almost six. had it. Almost had it. their only hit? No. No, they, they had, had a couple others. Years to the Night. Didn't they also one? do um, uh, Completely Miserable? Isn't no, that, 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 was, that was lit. Same thing. <laughs> it's not. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Do you know who this is, Brock? 80s. Well, it is from the 80s. <laughs> yes. Do you know what band this is? Oh. That's Molly Crew. I was. I, you know what? I was actually going to say Molly oh, Good. Crew. And I'm sure you know that they're the leader of that band. Their bassist, his name is uh-huh. Nikki Six. Ah, Nikki I Six. didn't know that, too. With his Nikki own Six. terrible side project band, 6 a.m. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. No. Mm. Nikki Six, still number two on this list, plus Seattle guy. Number one, though. In honor of my dad, his favorite expression, six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> Comes in handy at any point. Anytime you got to compare two things that are the same, uh-huh. eh, it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. <laughs> Do you use Google Maps or should you use Waze? Eh, six of one, half, six dozen, one, of half dozen of the other. It's great. That's my dad's favorite expression. So for my dad, there you go. That's pretty good. I think yeah. my dad's was one you can in one hand and in the other. Oh, really? Remember, you can wish in one. Oh, yes. That one. That one. Which one works out my, better? My dad said If some butts were candies and nuts. <laughs> Christmas every day. All right. <laughs> Stick around for Bump and Stacy. Got to hear how Bump's trip, all expense paid private jet to Bandon Dunes went. What? Yeah, dude. What? Yeah. Bump had himself a weekend. Stick around. You'll hear about that. And probably stuff about sports, too. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., like we always are. Until then, the hay. (sighs) From Birmingham, Alabama this morning, it is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!